I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Got a great show lined up for you. Um, it's, uh, It's a potpourri. If I don't mind saying so myself, Uh, we're going to hear from Andre Snellings, one of my partners in crime when it comes to all things gambling and our gambling platform at ESPN, getting you ready, ready for some NBA plays and picks heading into tomorrow's slate of games. Uh, Lakers going up against the Pelicans, the Suns against the Pistons, um, also the Bucks against the Heat. And uh, and of course, we'll dive into some talk. Uh, in regard to the Nets and the fact that uh, Kyrie has now said, I want out. No surprise there. Don't know about you, but for me, I think the writing was on the wall, right? It is so evident that Kyrie wants to get back to L.A., or or I shouldn't say back to uh, L.A., but back to LeBron James, which, of course, he is in L.A., and news broke this week that uh, the Lakers are are in in discussion with a few few teams to, uh, to unload Russell Westbrook who many feel is in the lead right now for sixth man of the year. So there's some value there. I'm sure there's some teams out there that feel that he's uh, worthy of being a starting five and not a sixth man off the bench. So uh, who knows? Is it, is it Westbrook packaged up with a few other players? Could it be a three or four team deal that would open up the door for Kyrie to make his way back to, uh, to LeBron James again, who is in Los Angeles with the Lakers and the Lakers now that AD is back and he is healthy, making a solid push to try to make it to the postseason, which, of course, leads me to to wonder uh, how significant is this injury with AD, uh, with Katie, I should say, um, because with with Katie being healthy, it seemed like everything was hunky dory here in New York and Boston, right? Nets were winning. By a lot. <laughs> um, there were a number of sports books out there that had them favored to win the NBA championship. And then, of course, unfortunately, Katie gets injured. And uh, so I, I just, there, there's so much, there's so much packaged in here, in my opinion, in regard to Kyrie demanding, requesting, however you want to phrase it, a trade. Uh, does he know more than we do in regard to Katie's injury? Um, if it's all about winning a championship, again, assuming that KD is healthy and he's going to come back, and why why would Kyrie demand a trade at this at this juncture at this stage in the game? So I've got some question marks in regards to the Nets moving forward, KD's health status, and um, and 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 if Kyrie does end up in L.A. What does that mean for the Lakers and their championship odds to potentially win another NBA championship? So Andre Snellings is going to join us uh, in uh, in the next segment. So hang tight. We're going to get him on board. Also, uh, another partner in crime of mine, Doug Kazarian from Daily Wager. He's going to be joining us 
Uh, we've got a lot of college basketball happening tomorrow, and we've got a really exciting slate of games. One in particular, Duke going up against UNC. Duke is favored by three. The over-under is 135 and a half. Uh, both these teams, obviously, uh, two of the best in the ACC. This will be the first time that they will be facing one another this season since, of course, UNC has, has won the last two games. If you don't recall, go back to the regular season. It was Coach K's last game uh, at, uh, at the Cameron Center. And, uh, and unfortunately, UNC upsetted that apple cart. And then UNC beat them uh, in, in, of course, in, in the March Madness tournament. So, uh, so is, this, is this a quote-unquote revenge game for Duke? Potentially, it could be. Uh, some other some other college basketball games uh, on tap for tomorrow that are that are really really some really really good uh, matchups. Which let's be honest, right about now is the time, right? Because we're we're fading from unfortunately, and it, it it breaks my heart to say this, but we're fading from the NFL. Okay, it is what it is. Uh, but we've got to get everybody uh, locked and loaded and ready for March Madness, uh, because I don't know about you, but for me, it's one of my favorite times of the year. So, uh, so excited to get Doug Kazarian on. Uh, also, we'll hear from David Behrman. As always, uh, we'll talk some golf. We've got Pebble Beach happening uh, tomorrow. Uh, there's another round. So it, Pebble Beach is really interesting. So it takes place on a course that has three, 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 three golf courses, right? So there's Pebble, there's Spyglass, and there's Monterey. And so what happens is uh, they all play each course once. And then the top 60 advances into Sunday to decide a winner. So, um, so no cuts happening today. Uh, a, a few players still in contention. Um, obviously, one course is more difficult than the other, and so on and so on. So, um, so they've, they've got to make the rounds. Obviously, the wind conditions and weather conditions play a major role, and that's really, at the end of the day, that's the luck of the draw. Because typically what happens is they put everybody's name in a hat and they pull your name out in regard to the course, the first course that you play and your tea time and so on and so forth. So, you know, you, you might uh, like on a really windy day, you might get the luck of the draw to play Spyglass, even though Spyglass is the most known as the most difficult of the three, but it's tree lined. So if it's tree lined on a day that's really windy, well then it's gonna you you benefit from it because um, you're protected from the wind in Mother Nature. So it's it it is a difficult and and also you're playing, you know it's it's a pro am. So you're playing with a a number of of golfers that aren't necessarily quote unquote professionals. So you you need you need some patience. <laughs> so it's it's not the easiest tournament to handicap, but nonetheless, David Behrman's going to jump on, bo- on board. We'll talk about Pebble. Uh, we'll hopefully give you some plays heading into tomorrow as well as Sunday. Uh, we'll hear from Jeff Legwald as well. He covers the Denver Broncos. One of the biggest storylines this week is Sean Payton now has become the head coach of the Denver Broncos, along with the fact that Nathaniel Hackett, who's no longer there, now is the head coach of the Jets. So it's kind of twofold. That's why I wanted to have Jeff on. I asked him about what, what are his expectations with the Denver Broncos now that Sean Payton's there with Russell Wilson, but also why would the Jets 
hire Nathaniel Hackett after a miserable showing in Denver. So excited to have Jeff Legwald on and the puck daddy. Uh, Of course, not a lot of NHL action happening right now, except for the all-star break. That's right. They're down in Florida. Greg Wyshynski, a.k.a. the Puck Daddy, he's down there as well. He's going to join us, and we're going to talk about some NHL futures with you as well. So uh, NBA, college basketball, golf, hockey, Denver, those odds. Denver, the odds right now for them to win the Super Bowl next year is 30-1. to Are you jumping on those? Me, not necessarily. And obviously we'll sprinkle in some uh, some some football getting you ready. I know we're what are we a week and two days, right, guys? We're a week and two days away from the Super Bowl, but nonetheless, we'll sprinkle in some uh, some football for you as well. Julian and Chantel are producing the show. I'm Anita Marks. You're listening to Week in Wager. Quick break. We come back. Andre Snellings is going to jump on board, and we'll get you some NBA picks. I'll get you up to speed on some of the the scores out there as well. Um, you're listening again to Week in Wager here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Good evening, Andre. How you doing? I'm doing good, and I'm loving the blues beat on your background music. (laughs) It's all about the money, sweetheart. It's all about the money. Um, And just taking a look around, and and I know we're going to dive into some NBA talk with you, and looking around uh, today's slate of games Really surprised the Suns manhandle the Celtics 106 to 94. I was all over the Wizards. Boy, was I wrong. Uh, Trailblazers took care of them 124 to 116, and in Washington was at home. Trailblazers uh, not really with uh, their, uh, their their healthy you know starters as well. I I, I felt that they were uh, going to be manhandled in the paint. Uh, the Kings lose to the Pacers, one hundred four to one hundred seven. I mean, I'm just now I'm zero for three here. 
Uh, the Hornets <laughs> lose to the Detroit Pistons 118 to 114 to 112. I'm 0 4. Um, what, what, like, looking at the, looking at the slate tonight, Dre, what, what the heck happened? Yeah, this was a funky night. Um, I will say you were looking good with those Wizards for the first half of the game. They, they were up by 20 something in the first half. And, uh, Anthony Simons just went crazy from three point range. It wasn't even Dame Lillard. Lillard was solid, but, uh, I think Simons had 33 or something. And so, so that's kind of what happened in that game. The Pacers over the Kings actually picked that one um, because uh, the Kings were without De'Aaron Fox. And so, you know, being without their floor general, you know, really weakened them. Um, The Suns, I I don't think anybody could have called them winning by 12 over the Celtics. I think I did pick them with the spread. Um, The Suns got blown out the other night, but generally speaking, they've been playing pretty well of late. And so um, that actually could be a segue into the the picks for tomorrow because – I, I do have a son's pick on the agenda. Well, not only that, you've got some great columns out on ESPN.com, and let's dive into those. And, and we're looking big picture here in regards to the Phoenix Suns as they continue to get healthier, uh, waiting for, of course, Booker to get back on the court. But nonetheless, you're not shying away from playing them in some futures bets, right? I'm not because, so as you pointed out, you know, Booker is out. The whole Suns roster, outside of Michael Bridges, who never misses a game ever. He's like basketball's Cal Ripken. But everybody (laughs) else in their top six has missed a bunch of games. I think four of their top six have missed at least 20 games so far this season. And it's really hard to generate any kind of momentum like that. But you look at it, even after all of that, they're only uh, two and a half games out of first place in the Pacific Division. And they're coming into tonight. Actually, if the playoffs – started today they would be in they wouldn't have to be in the play-in and they're only a half game out of home court advantage so if booker comes back and is healthy and if they're able to trade for trade uh, jay crowder who hasn't played this season and was a key player for them in previous seasons if they're able to trade him and bring back any type of value um and then just getting closer to the end of the season a veteran like chris paul who maybe isn't all the man he once was but like my uncle used to say, he can be all the man once that he ever was. As you get closer to the end of the season, <laughs> the, the older guys start seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and playing a little better. Um, the Suns are really in play to me. I think they were plus 420 to win the Pacific uh, this morning. And so I, I could really see them making a serious run at that. You mentioned the Suns uh, favored by four and a half against Detroit. And again, this would be the second of a back-to-back for both. Detroit at home, like I said, beating the Hornets tonight, 118 to 112. The Suns on the road, really manhandling the Boston Celtics, 106 to 94. What side are you on here tomorrow? So, you know, uh, uh, same theme. I'm going with the Suns. Um, I'll give the four and a half points. I'm a little nervous because it's the second half of a back to back, and I mentioned that Chris Paul has old man legs, but <laughs> the rest of the Suns' main players are younger. You know, DeAndre Ayton, Michael Bridges, they, they should still be able to play at a high level in the second half. And Cam Johnson didn't even play tonight. They, they held him out tonight because they knew that they were going to be playing tomorrow. So he should have fresh legs tomorrow. And you just look at it, the Suns got destroyed the other night. They lost about, I mean, they got beat by like 33 points. But outside of that game, or even including it, they've won seven of their last nine, including beating up on the Celtics tonight. And the Pistons have lost nine of their last 12. So, I mean, the Suns are just a better team. So, you know, I'll give a few points in that instance. 
Again, uh, Andre Snelling's joining us here on Weekend Wager. Let's talk about the Lakers for a second. Um, you know, news broke, I'd, I'd say yesterday, that there were some reports out there that, uh, and I know you and I have had have, have, have extensive conversations about Russell Westbrook and him being the best sixth man off the bench and him winning that award this year. But news broke about 48 hours ago that potentially the Lakers were in talks with a few teams to try to trade Russell Westbrook, and does that include other players? Then all of a sudden today we get the Woj bomb that, oh boy, Kyrie's demanding <laughs> he wants out of, of, of Brooklyn. Um, I think the writing's on the wall here. It, it's evident before the season started he wanted to trade, and he, and, and he made it evident that he wanted to go back to uh, joining forces with LeBron James, who of course we know is in L.A., what are you hearing? What do you know? I, I know you, you've been really positive about the Lakers with the potential that Kyrie could join that roster. Um, I would imagine that you would love them even more, right? You know, <laughs> Kyrie is such an enigma, wrapped in a mystery, wrapped in everything else. Um, mm-hmm. He was the number one overall pick. He came out of Duke. You know, that's where I did my postdoc, so I've got an affinity there. But he... He just has not been reliable. So if we could say the Lakers get Kyrie Irving and he's going to play 90% of the games, including all of the playoffs, then, yeah, it makes them a much better, you know, team on paper if for no other reason that he's an excellent three-point shooter and nobody else on the team is. But he's just got such a track record of unreliability that I have to imagine that's what's causing the hesitance in the Nets and signing him to an extension. Um, I think it could be worth the risk for the Lakers because it's not like they're world beaters now. I'm positive on them. I feel like if they're healthy, as they currently are constituted with maybe another small tweak or two, that they could, you know, just like I was just talking about with the Suns, that the Lakers could even make a long shot run at the Pacific and get into the playoffs, and then once you get there, anything could happen. But if they could add an all-star that has a skill set that's exactly what they need, and he has a history with LeBron, I'm sure they would do it. Now, I don't know that the Nets really want a package around Russell Westbrook, which seems to be all that the Lakers can offer. So I guess we'll see whether it actually comes to fruition. But it certainly made tonight uh, interesting. I, uh, since the last time I talked to you on the show, I've written three different articles uh, speculating about Kyrie Irving trades and what it might mean. So, you know, he's kept my Friday night busy. I'm sure he has. Uh, the Lakers going up against the Pelicans tomorrow. They're favored by one. What's your play in that matchup? Yeah, I'm taking the Lakers um, because, again, I, with, with everyone healthy, I feel good about what they're doing. I like that small Hachimura trade because I like the A.D. Bron Hachimura front line. The Pelicans, they will get it back together, but they've lost 10 straight games. And the Lakers have won six of nine. So they're just kind of going in opposite directions right now. And the Pels don't really have an answer for Anthony Davis. So uh, as a prop, I also like Anthony Davis over 25 and a half points. Um, since he's moved back into the starting lineup since coming back from injury, he scored 27 and 31 in his last two games. And then before the injury, when the Lakers were really rolling, um, AD had scored at least 31 points in five straight. He was the leading scorer, uh, not LeBron. And then just as a kicker, one of the things we talked about earlier LeBron is in play for this uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar record, but you kind of get the feeling he would like to do it at home uh, on primetime next Thursday. And if so, 
maybe he might not push it, be pushing for a 40-point game tomorrow and uh, might be content to let his other superstar, AD, get his against the front line that's really kind of overmatched. Um, I'm with you with that. I I think that's going to be specifically engineered to the exact moment that LeBron James wants to break that record uh, in true fashion. Uh, One more game I want to tee up for you, and that is the Bucs going up against the Heat tomorrow. The Bucs are favored by five. How are you playing this one? This is a tough one because the Heat always play the Bucs tough, and specifically they always play Giannis tough. But the Bucs are just rolling. Giannis has been in a zone since he came back from that sore knee. He's averaging averaging 44.8 points per game in his last four. He scored at least 34 in every game. Um, he scored 53 times in his last 11 games. And so I'm, I'm playing the Bucks minus five, and I'm playing Giannis over 33.5 points because as solid as the Heat are, I just think that the Greek freak is just in a zone right now. And – when, when the, the, tr- the runaway train's on the track, you know, you got to get out the way. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Before we let you go, let's talk about the women for a second, especially here in New York with Liberty. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, right. So talk about your latest column that's out and, and why you feel that the Liberty could really be a force to be reckoned with this season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I wrote about the Liberty. It, it's interesting. I've I've written three different columns about the Liberty in the last two weeks because they keep bringing in superstar players. I, I wrote a column about them when they brought in John Quell Jones, you know, the 2021 MVP, 2021 MVP, and you know I thought that was a major move. And then they come back earlier this week and they bring in Brianna Stewart, uh, another former MVP who's still in her in her prime and also a two-time Finals MVP to boot. Um, they already had Sabrina Ionescu who was the number one overall pick a few years ago and was all WNBA this season and certainly looks like she could have an MVP in her future. And then yesterday they bring in Courtney Vandersloot, who's been the assist queen of the WNBA for the last five or six seasons. Last season, Vandersloot and Ionescu were second and third in the, in the WNBA in assists, and now they're going to be teammates. So I look at them and I look at the Aces, who won last season, and who, by the way, added uh, uh, legend Candace Parker to their already championship um, lineup. And, and those two teams, to me, just seem like they're on a crash course because the Liberty, they have to learn to play together. Like anytime you add new pieces, I mean, you know, a whole new team, really, you have to learn to play together. But if you've got two MVPs in their prime that play in the front court, they should be able to control the paint against most teams. And then they've got two excellent point guards on the perimeter, so everyone should be able to get the ball where they want it to make shots. So I'm really excited about this Liberty team and this uh, upcoming season. I, I, you know, in the NBA, you had the, the Lakers and Celtics by Coastal really kind of lift the league. I'm hoping to, to see something similar with the Aces and the Liberty um, and, and really just put an exciting show on, on uh, this upcoming season. Love it. Great stuff as always, Dre. Thank you so much for joining us here on Weekend Wager, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You got it. Uh, Liberty fans must be really, really excited. They are definitely building um, a a team that more than likely is going to compete and contend uh, to win the WNBA championship this coming season. Quick break. We come back. Doug Kazarian will join us from Las Vegas. Let's talk some college hoops, getting you ready for this weekend slate next, right here on Weekend Wager, 98.7 ESPN. 
Thank you. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Doug, welcome in. How you doing in Vegas? Doing well. Just uh, winding down the work week here, watching some NBA, two more games going on. Laying low on this fine evening. Yeah, everything that I thought was going to happen tonight in the NBA is not happening, by the way. Um, so, uh, so I, I need to, I need, I need to recoup. I need, I need to re, I need to make up some money tomorrow. So I'm, I'm thrilled that you're on with us. Uh, let's start with the Big Bang. Let's start with the game that everybody's going to be watching. And, of course, that's Duke going up against UNC. Uh, Duke favored by three. Uh, this will be the first time these two teams will be facing each other this season. Of course, the last two games UNC has won. One, a really upsetting upset. Uh, Coach K's last game, uh, of course, uh, at home. And then, of course, the other time UNC won was during March Madness. Uh, your thoughts on this matchup? How are you playing it? So it's a pretty tight game, and it'll be uh, have a lot of interest, like you alluded to, even though both teams unranked. I lean to Duke here, laying the short number at home, minus three. It, I would not be shocked if Carolina won outright, so it's not a big play at all. But this comes down to the size of Carolina against the Duke, maybe three-point shooting. And first of all, the Tar Heels are only two and four away from the Dean Dome. So this is not – I mean, obviously, you know, everyone wants to play at home. But it's not a team that's really thrived – on the road, although it's not a huge road trip here. But Duke, when they can make at least 30% of their threes, they're 14-2. and two. So I don't think that Carolina defense is going to be able to extend to the perimeter. And I, I like the chances of the uh, Blue Devils to take take care of business uh, here at home at the, at, the, at the Cameron Indoor. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm on the Duke side here as well. Uh, UNC has not been as great on the road as they have been at home. And not only when it comes to – you know, their lack of defense against three-point shooting, but also when they lose, when they lose uh, the, the battle off the boards, typically more times than not they lose. And, uh, and, and I, think, I think Duke is, 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 going to, uh, is going to be physical with them. So I'm with you. I'm, I'm on the Duke side. I'll lay the three points. Florida State's going up against UNLV. Uh, UNLV is favored by eight and a half. I know you have a play here as well. What is it? 
Yeah, this game tips off top of the hour here in Vegas, the Thomas and Mac. And we all, uh, you know, those who follow the Mountain West know the Rebels lost as a road favorite at Fresno earlier this year. So it's a little payback on the mind. I know some sharp guys who grabbed 10 and a half and 10. So there's been some smart money on the double digits. It's down to eight and a half. I think this Rebels team's won three straight. They've sort of figured things out. Kevin Kruger's doing a wonderful job with the running Rebs. And then I like him to sort of exercise some demons there, take out, you know, like I said, avenge the loss. And uh, they've been playing some good ball of lately. Turned the corner, they've covered four or five. So it's not like a top, top play, but I like the eight, I'll lay the eight and a half. Again, I know some really sharp people on the dog here, but I think the Rebels start strong. I'll maybe set up a middle, maybe a halftime or live wagering or something like that. But I, I think you, I think it's a good, uh, good line for UNLV. I, I think they, they, they cover here. Uh, two more games I want to tee up for you in college basketball. One is uh, TCU going against K-State. K-State's favored by three and a half. The over-under is 138 and a half. Of course, they're sitting 13 and nine on the season. Their defense ranked 29th in college basketball, and they're shooting 43%. Uh, what side are you on here? Right. You know, so, so it's um, – I'm on – so Okie State hosting TCU – it's uh, I'm on, I'm on the under here with TCU's done a great job. What they want to do is they want to get out and run, and they're a really solid team in terms of turning uh, long ball rebounds into points. And but Okie State wants to slow things down. They're 107th in offensive efficiency. I think they're going to dictate the pace in Stillwater, and they have an excellent defense. They're top 10 defensive efficiency, and TCU's top 15. So I think we're going to see a stalemate. And a lot of uh, a lot of junctures of the game, like go two two and a half minute stretches without any points. So I'm going to take the under 138 uh, for Okie State at home. Okie State, I'm sorry, not K State. You're right, Okie State. Right. And then last but not least, you've got Indiana going up against Purdue. Indiana is favored by one. How are you playing this bad boy? Yeah, I mean this could be the game of the day, right? I mean, huge rivalry in the state of Indiana. Both teams. Uh, really have the national championship aspirations. The Boilermakers have only lost once this year, and Indiana's here favored by one. Now, this opened Purdue one and a half. Smart Money moved it to IU minus one, and I agree with that line move. I'll take the Hoosiers at home. It's going to be an incredible atmosphere, perhaps the toughest arena to play in uh, in the entire country on the road. So it's just a lot to ask, although Purdue's answered a lot of challenges this year. But this IU team... Pretty solid. Top 35 in both offensive and defensive efficiency. And like I said, the environment, just the state rivalry. And uh, I'm expecting a great atmosphere for IU and the Hoosiers to take care of business. You know, Doug, it's it's interesting, right? Because I know we're just a, a week plus away from the Super Bowl. But it's it's like, don't you feel like we're, we're making that... We're making that transition right now where it's like the the realization has, has settled in that NFL season is over and March Madness is right around the corner. And I feel like it's like it's, it's around that time. Now I start play, paying a lot more attention to college basketball, getting myself ready for March Madness. Right. Like I feel like I feel like this is this is when we, we really start doing our homework. Do you is, are, do you get totally. that feeling yeah, as well? No, I mean, it kind of it sets in for me around like the conference championship weekend. Like, when you know there's very few games left, and uh, it kind of sets in, like I said. But, you know, I've been follow- I'm a diehard NBA guy. I watch a lot of the games, and I've been tracking all this stuff all season. So, um, you know, we'll, uh, I'll- I'm plugged in. We've got the All-Star break coming up pretty soon, too. But, yeah, college hoops is going to take forefront uh, and take front and center pretty soon. 
before I let you go, I, I know again we're, we're going to be we're going to be spending a lot of time next week. I know you're heading out to Glendale uh, for the Super Bowl. You're going to be doing your rounds there on Radio Row. Uh, what what are some of the Super Bowl picks and plays that you've already window with? Yeah, you know we're going to see some movement on these props. A lot of uh, a lot of money line movement, things like that, and uh, I'm uh, I, I, a few things have caught my eye. So I'm on Pacheco over on a lot of things. I think he just has that big play ability, and I think it, it's going to really take one play for some of this stuff. So twelve and a half receiving yards. I really like the idea of over because of this pass rush of Philadelphia, right? Tops in the NFL in sacks. Mahomes is going to be under pressure a lot. He was dumping it a lot, a lot off a lot in the AFC title game. I think we're going to see a lot of that with Pacheco. And so I think there's going to be an opportunity to cast some props there, rushing plus receiving. I don't know how much rushing he's going to be, but I like the idea of the passing over 12 and a half and longest reception over nine and a half. If you want to really get frisky, because like I said, it may take only one. Um, but I, uh, I do like that a lot. And I actually like, um, longest rush for Mahomes over three and a half. So what happens is when you get the three and a half number, it, that's kind of the, what, what they bake into it is the um, the fact that there could be a QB sneak. But with Mahomes, he just doesn't run a sneak anymore. It hasn't done it in a couple of years since he got hurt doing it. I believe it was against the Broncos on a Thursday night game a couple of seasons ago. So I uh, I think we're going to be like a pretty good bet there at over three and a half. Now obviously the ankle's a concern and all that, but it'll have two more weeks of treatment, two more weeks of rest and recovery. So I think it's a strong play because, again, the QB sneak is not really in the cards. I like that. I like that a lot. And, and you know, I like your Pacheco as well. I, I feel like he's he's gained the trust of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, where maybe just a few weeks ago I would have been I would have leaned more towards, you know, uh, Jarek McKinnon. But now right. I, I, everything that we've seen the last few weeks, Dougie, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm leaning more towards Pacheco. And, man, he is so fun to watch because he's so explosive and he's so fun to, to watch run, that's for sure. Doug, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Really do appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Good luck to everyone this weekend. You got it. Doug Kazarian joining us here on We Can Wager with some uh, college basketball plays. Like I said, it's, it's around that time, right? Like we're like, we're just, we're teetering. It's like, we don't want to give up on the NFL season and, and we shouldn't yet because there's still a Super Bowl game that's happening. Uh, not this Sunday, obviously, but next Sunday. But at the same time, uh, we're, we're kind of, we're in that transition of, you know, we're, we're getting into the college basketball season. And to me, March Madness uh, is the second best college event, or I should say second best sporting event that I love to follow and wager and gamble on. So uh, it's, it's around this time that now I really start paying a lot more attention to college basketball. And, and Doug was talking about, you know, he said that, that Indiana Purdue is uh, the can't miss game is the premier game tomorrow. Uh, it is, but I, you know, I, I'm old school, man. And, and I just, I love Duke and UNC. And like Doug said, Doug's on Duke. I'm on Duke as well. I'll lay the three. They're coming off of a really good win against Wake. They beat them by two, 75 to 73. They're 11 and, ho- and 11 and 0 at home. They're 5 and 0 against ACC opponents. They're 8 and 0 when they have 40 plus rebounds a game, which I think is really, really key. And Whitehead is out tomorrow, which means Mark Mitchell is going to play, who definitely helps them on the defensive side of the ball, especially with defensive rebounds. So I like that stat and that trend as well. 
They've got better outside shooting than UNC does right now. Of course, they're going to be at home. So you've got the Cameron crazies that are going to be out there. And, and I think there is a score to settle here. I mean, again, keep in mind, the last time UNC played at Cameron, uh, they really they, they spoiled the apple cart when it came to Coach K and, and that, that final game there. And it was so emotional. And then, of course, they beat them in, in March Madness as well. UNC, meanwhile, they're off a loss to Pittsburgh, and they had some really, really cold shooting in that game. They're 2-4 and four on the road, so not as great on the road as they are at home, and their defense is not great against three-point shooting. And like I said earlier, Duke is a better shooting team than UNC. So I, I do believe the odds makers have this right. I, I'm sure it will be a close game. I think it will come down to the wire. I don't have a lot of conviction on this game, but it is Duke and UNC. I'll be watching. Hopefully you'll be watching. My lean more is towards Duke laying the points. Anita Marks with you. It is Week in Wager here on 98.7 ESPN. Quick break. We come back. I hosted Bet Tonight uh, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's a uh, it's a show that we have on ESPN Plus uh, on our digital platform. And Tyler Fulgham joined me for the good word. We will... Of course, replay that for you when we get back right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.